This episode of Girlfriends is brought to you in part by Lenten emails from DanielleBean.com. Thousands of subscribers enjoyed daily inspirational emails for Advent this past year, and now I'm pleased to offer the same service for Lent. The idea is simple. In five minutes a day, you can deepen your faith and grow closer to Jesus during the spiritual season of Lent. Each email contains a brief reflection with totally doable prompts to pray, fast, and give, along with inspirational music selections for every day of Lent. That's over 40 days of encouraging, inspiring emails delivered straight to your inbox each morning for the low subscription price of just $7. All proceeds go to support the production of this podcast and other ministries of DanielleBean.com. Make a small commitment that can make a big difference this Lent. For more information or to sign up, go to daniellebean.com slash Lent. See you in your inbox. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you Know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey everyone, how are you this week? I'm doing probably about 10,000 times better than I was last week. Now that it's behind us, I can tell you how sick I was last week when I recorded the show. You could hear it in my voice, but it was shortly after that that I uh, found out I had a pretty bad sinus infection, and I'm grateful to my husband for forcing me to go to the doctor and get the antibiotics I needed, so feeling a ton better. And so part of this show is going to be dedicated to Alexander Fleming, who was the first to discover penicillin uh, less than a hundred years ago. I actually looked that up because I was interested to know how long we've had antibiotics, which is something I think we all take for granted and are such an important part of keeping us healthy in our world today. Anyway, so I hope you're feeling well. I hope you're getting through this winter okay. But this week we're talking about the power of positive thinking. I'm calling this show, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, because As hokey as maybe that sounds, I really do believe in the power of positive thinking, that our thoughts have a great deal of influence over our general levels of happiness and the ways that we experience life and our relationships with other people. Thoughts are powerful things, and so that's what we're going to talk about here today. So to begin with, I want to talk about three different points. Um, The first of which I just want to make the point that thoughts have consequences, which is kind of what I just referenced there, talking about the power of thoughts. But it's true. I don't think we pause to realize just how much influence our thoughts have over our days and our moods and our general levels of happiness, especially as a mom. It's something I've really come to discover that our thoughts are powerful. They control the way we feel throughout the day. And here's the good part. We get to control our thoughts. Now, this is something that might not be a revelation for you, but it certainly has been for me at different points in my life where I've come to realize, oh, hey, I'm not actually a victim of my thoughts and moods. I get to control that. I'm in charge of that. So recognizing that our thoughts have consequences, what do I mean by that? Well, you know, generally being a positive thinker, and I am generally a positive person, sometimes obnoxiously so. 
I understand that sometimes people are turned off by the idea of positive thinking because it feels fake, maybe. Maybe you think someone's telling you to have positive thoughts and, and have a positive attitude, and that feels fake to you. I'm not telling you that. I'm not telling you to be fake. Being a positive thinker does not mean being fake. But it does mean recognizing the power that our thoughts have and recognizing the power that we have over our thoughts. And okay, here's what I mean by that. There's a cycle, if you think about it, um, to our, our thoughts and our emotions, and then our actions. And all of these greatly influence our life. So to begin with, say you're having um, a negative thought, I think that that naturally leads to a negative emotion. And our negative emotions naturally lead to negative actions. And guess what those negative actions lead to? More negative thoughts. It's a vicious cycle that we can fall, fall into. And if you intervene, if you consciously think about what you're thinking and what you're allowing yourself to think about yourself and about your life and about your family and your relationships. If you intervene and try to change some of that negativity into something positive, or at least something neutral, or at least something true, that's the thing. A lot of times these negative thoughts that hurt us and hurt our relationships and put us in these terrible moods and make us make bad choices, these thoughts aren't even true. They're not real. They're not based in reality. So what I so for example, let's say you had a bad afternoon with the kids. Let's say you snapped at your 5-year-old unfairly over some small mess or some small mistake and you feel terrible about that. What do you do? Do you think I'm a terrible mom? A lot of us would. A lot of us would just wallow in that thought and in that feeling, the thought that turns into that feeling, I'm a bad mom. I'm a terrible mom. Or say you had an afternoon where you had planned to accomplish a lot of things and then you just wasted the entire time on Facebook or on the phone with a friend or whatever it is. What, what thought do you allow yourself to think in that moment? I'm so lazy. I'm just a, a lazy, terrible housewife. I'm a terrible mother. I'm, I'm never going to accomplish anything. Or thoughts like, I'm so overwhelmed I'll never catch up. We sometimes have those thoughts when we have a lot of things going on in our lives it's tempting to think those things or to feel like you're a victim and have the thoughts, this always happens to me. Those kinds of negative things. We all have negative stuff in our lives. We all have stuff and some of it's because of our own fault, but a lot of times it isn't. It's stuff that just happens to us. But we get to control how we think about those things. So let's say with the, the bad mom, say you, you had a bad mom moment, you had a bad mom afternoon, you had a bad mom day, week, whatever it was. And your temptation is to think I'm a bad mom and just wallow in that and then turn to the emotion that that turns into, which is feeling depressed and worthless and like everyone else is so much better at this than you, feeling guilty, wallowing in those feelings until they turn into actions. What are those actions going to be? Are they going to be positive actions? No. Are they going to be forward-looking actions? No. They're going to be actions that tear you up actions that hurt you and your relationships more. Maybe you're going to grouch more. Maybe you're going to go into a depressed mood and influence your entire family with it. Maybe you're going to snap at another kid. Maybe you're going to de-stress with a bad habit, such as uh, having too much wine that night or eating a bunch of junk food or uh, you know whatever it is that's your, your vice of choice. Maybe you're just going to wallow in those feelings until they turn into those negative actions. And what do those negative actions turn into? more of those negative thoughts. So this is an opportunity for us to realize we get to control our thoughts. When you hear yourself, when you begin to hear yourself have those negative thoughts, and we all do, we all do this, even people who are positive thinkers fall into this habit sometimes. It's important to recognize that you're following into that habit though. 
So when you do have those negative thoughts, when you hear them, I want you to work on listening to yourself and listen to yourself critically. Listen to the kinds of thoughts you have to and about yourself. Would you let somebody talk to your friend that way? Would you let somebody talk to a stranger that way? Sometimes our most negative thoughts, the most negative things we think and say to ourselves are so horribly wrong and injuring that we would readily recognize if they were said to someone else, if they were directed at somebody else, that it's unjust and it's terrible and destructive and not worth our time. And yet we don't realize that when we're talking to ourselves sometimes. So it's important to recognize when you're having these negative thoughts and listen to them critically. Argue with yourself. So the bad mom thought, I'm a bad mom. Okay, that's a thought you're tempted to have. That's a thought you're tempted to accept. Well, let's look at the evidence. Yeah, okay, you've got the evidence of unfairly losing your temper or whatever it was that happened, the bad mom incident you had. But then look at the other evidence. Look at the other things you did that day. Are they things that a bad mom does, like providing food for your children, reading a story with your children, smiling and talking with your children, taking care of them at bedtime, changing their clothes, helping them with the potty, all these things, these are things that a good mom does. And you're doing them and you're choosing not to think about them. You're choosing to think about that one negative thing, and then it becomes everything. So argue with yourself and look at the evidence and recognize the power that you have to control your thoughts because your thoughts have consequences. It's important to realize that. And then it's important to realize when you're falling into that bad habit of talking negatively to yourself and intervene at that point. Okay, so the second thing I want to encourage you to do, the second point I want to make is the importance of switching to gratitude. We all have these negative things that happen. We all have negative things that we do and we're victims of ourselves sometimes, but sometimes it's just bad stuff happens. You know, this is the real world and we're dealing with a lot of garbage sometimes. Like for example, yesterday morning here in New Hampshire, it was negative 14 degrees and with the wind chill, it was negative 35 degrees. I mean, (laughs) that's just not a happy situation, but to make things worse, an exterior pipe broke for our washing machine and uh, the, the entire bathroom flooded. This happened um, the night before. Okay, here's an objectively bad situation. It's so crummy and it's cold and you don't feel like even doing anything in the cold. And now we have this situation with our washing machine. Well, in that moment, what I chose to do, because I was thinking about preparing for this podcast, was to switch my thoughts to gratitude. When you have a negative something confront you, make a conscious choice to switch your thoughts to thankfulness. And it makes a huge difference in your attitude, in your mood, in your thoughts, in your feelings, and ultimately your actions. So here's what you do. Look at the negative situation. Yep, here's an objectively bad situation. What is there in this situation to be grateful for? I've got a flooded bathroom and a not working washing machine. Hey, let's start with, I have running water in my house. I have hot and cold water. It's good to drink. It comes straight out of the tap. It's wonderfully convenient. And a lot of people in this world don't have that. I have a washing machine, a nice recent model that works really well and keeps all of us in clean clothes on a regular basis. That's something to be thankful for. I have clothes. My kids have clothes. We have more than enough clothes. We have nice clothes. That's a lot more than a lot of people in this world could say. I'm grateful for that. And how about um, the fact that this happened late at night? I had already gone to bed. My husband had put in a load of laundry. Oh, hey, 
I have a husband who puts in a load of laundry, who's always happy to help out, who has a good attitude about pitching in. Not everybody has that in their relationship. I am grateful for that. Or how about the fact that my husband put in this load of laundry and it ended up uh, flooding the bathroom, but he was still up and happened to go back by there and notice it. It could have been a thousand times worse had he just gone to bed and not gone back and noticed it before the entire cycle had completed. Another thing to be grateful for. You see what I'm doing here? Do you see what I'm saying? That even in the worst of situations, maybe in some situations, you've got to be more creative than in other situations, but there always is a positive spin you can put on it. And I don't use the word spin because it's fake. It's not a fake spin. It's real. There's always something in the situation you can look at and find and be grateful for. And it's a matter of consciously making that switch. And really, when you make an effort to do this, I can attest to this from my own personal experience. When you make an effort to do that in a negative situation, consider it a challenge. And you can almost feel that change, that switch in your attitude from the negative to the positive. You're still going to have to deal with the gunk and it's not going to be fun and there's always going to be challenges, but having that attitude of thankfulness as you go about it makes all the difference in the world. Okay, so the third point I want to make about um, positive thinking is the idea of becoming bigger than your problems. This is something that um, I think it's hard for us to visualize sometimes, but think about the ways that, like, say, whatever problem you might be facing in your life right now, whatever is going on or whatever you get presented with tomorrow, think about, are are you being presented with this problem and are you feeling smaller than it? Are you feeling overwhelmed by it? Are you feeling powerless in the face of it? Or are you feeling on top of the situation? with a larger perspective. And, oh, here's another thing to deal with. Yep, but I've totally got this because there are always things like this. And I've handled them in the past. I'll handle them in the future. I'll handle this thing too. It's an idea of being on top of and larger than your problems. And it it has nothing to do with the particular circumstances. It has everything to do with your perspective and your attitude toward the problem that you're presented with. Um, some a, a funny story that's a way that I kind of came to realize this not too long ago is um, about a dog that is on my usual running route. And I, I have a, a nice little loop that I like to make when I go out running. And this dog is on it. And his owner, if they're ever home, is like deaf or they don't care that this dog is running out into the road and viciously barking at anybody who happens to go by. And now, yeah, it's down a pretty remote road. So I I get why the dog isn't tied up and why they feel maybe okay to let him roam freely. But when I first started running by this route, this dog terrified me. I mean, it's just a beagle, but the way that it came out was so aggressive and his barking and his growling. And he even at like one point, like put his mouth on my leg and I'm not usually afraid of dogs, but he did this in a way that really upset me. And and it didn't help that I often had earbuds in. And so when he first started barking, it would really startle me and I hadn't seen him coming and he'd be right there and I would freak out. Um, so I would, I would begin to dread this. Like I'd go on this run and I really liked this route. It was really convenient for a lot of reasons. So I would choose it regularly, but that dog, you know, I was dreading ha- having to confront that dog, that stupid beagle on there. And um, and so this happened over the course of several different times. One time I, I I saw the owner in the driveway and I like stopped and just yelled, will you please control your dog? And what, I just felt overwhelmed by this situation. Like I was powerless in the face of this situation. But as time went on and I had more interactions with this dog, I came to realize, um, and it helped that I now have a dog 
um, Apollo, who's a sweet little dog, but he has an issue with barking at people. He has an issue with when people come over, he, he sounds and looks aggressive, but I can recognize he's not. He's actually scared. And then I started to recognize those same signs in this dog, that this dog, as he was racing out into the road to viciously bark and growl at me, I recognized the same kinds of things that I would see in my dog where, oh, he's afraid of me. <laughs> he's scared. And as soon as I recognized that, um, I would be able to pause when this dog came out. And instead of being scared myself and responding that way, I would take a few steps toward him and, you know, maybe shout something or whatever. And he would run terrified back to his house. And wow, I mean, I could have solved that problem a really long time ago just by recognizing that I had that power in that situation the entire time. And it made me realize that sometimes our problems, whatever it is, it's not always a dog. It's, there's always something though, that whatever it is that you're presented with, whatever the problem is, a lot of times it's about having a more global perspective and recognizing not everybody, not everything that happens to you has the worst of intentions. Sometimes we go about our lives and we think that. We think, oh, everybody's out to get me, or we assume the very worst when something negative happens or somebody disappoints us in some way. We, Our brain just goes there. We assume the worst thing. And yet it helps when we have a more global perspective, when we can realize, oh, this person was having a bad day because of this, and they lashed out at me, and it actually had nothing to do with me or this person is hurting in this way, or this situation was flawed in this way from the start, the fact that it failed, the fact that I experienced something negative as a result of it actually had nothing to do with me. And so rather than feeling victimized and overwhelmed by our situations, we can begin to feel a little bit more powerful in our interactions with other people and in our interactions with even the events that happen in our day being bigger than your problems. And you're not always going to feel that right at the beginning of a situation, but keeping that idea in mind is really helpful in giving you the right perspective and taking on whatever challenge comes your way. So those are the three points that I wanted to make. The fact that thoughts have consequences and that we get to control what we're thinking. You don't have to just automatically think whatever comes into your head and wallow in that. You get to choose what you're going to think. Making the switch to gratitude when you're confronted with a negative situation, it's important to just make that mental switch and you will be amazed by the power of that to turn your attitude around. And then number three, making sure that you feel bigger than your problems. But I want to hear from you. I want to know how you handle negative situations, how you've experienced the power of being able to control your thoughts and turn negative ones into positive ones, the ways in which you struggle with this. Just um, give me some feedback and let me know. Email me at danielle at daniellebean.com. And speaking of feedback, I got some recently from a listener, and I wanted to just comment on this briefly. This woman who didn't want me to share her name, so I'll just call her Anne, she wrote to me and said, this February marks my ninth year as a widow at the age of 42. For me, it's not about wanting to get married again, getting the children to pitch in more, or finding a hobby. It's about giving myself permission to trust more, not to worry about the dishes in the sink and going to bed when I'm tired instead of falling asleep in the living room because I still have laundry to fold. Being a single parent due to divorce or annulment is not the same thing, and hearing that comparison hurts because whether or not you get along with your former spouse, there's still another adult in your child's life. And then she goes on to tell me about some of her uh, particular struggles as a young widow and that she knows uh, other young widows in her area, but that she feels a real need for resources. Um, and 
She says, I look forward to hearing any fresh ideas on how to better care for myself and how to avoid feeling like I'm the only one on a lone island of motherhood. And my heart just ached when I read those words. Um, I wrote back and let Anne know that I would be praying for her, but that my first reaction was, I don't have anything to offer this person. I have nothing to offer her because my experience is not hers. And in a way that's true, you know, I, I don't have a young widow's resource readily available for, for her and for the other people she knows that are sharing her situation. But the more I thought about it, um, I went on to realize that this was a great lesson to me and to all of us to reflect on the body of Christ, because none of us suffers in exactly the same way. And yet we all are suffering in some way. And none of us enjoys life in exactly the same way. And yet we all are enjoying our lives in in some way. That there, there are beautiful things and there are pleasant things about all of our lives, but they're different. And the fact that she's suffering is my suffering. You know, the the fact, um, you know, that, that I can't remember the exact quote from the Bible, but the, the idea that when one member is honored, all are honored. When when one member suffers, all suffer. And I think that's really true. And it's important for us to keep in mind, we don't have to have precisely the same experience as our sisters in Christ do in order to pray for them, in order to feel that pain with them, in order to suffer with them in some way, to recognize the hurt that we're all feeling as a result of that one particular kind of suffering that that person's experienced in, in their life. So I just, I, I, I want to invite your thoughts about that. Um, certainly, if you know of some resources for young widows, um, I would love to, to hear from you and be able to share them with Anne and the other people that she knows. But also, I'd love to hear what you think about that idea of how can we suffer with people when we don't share their exact circumstances? Our immediate reaction might be, I don't, I can't, you know, I don't have anything to offer them. I can't encourage this person. That would be disingenuous because I don't know their suffering. But in a world where none of us truly knows the suffering of another person, how do we do that? How do we be that source of encouragement and support for one another? I'd love to hear from you. Give me uh, an email at daniellebean.com or send me a voicemail. You can click on that send voice feedback at daniellebean.com. There's a tab on the right-hand side. You don't need any special equipment. You can just record. I'd love to have your voice on a future podcast. So thank you, Anne, for writing and for sharing your heart with me. And um, I look forward to discussions that we can continue to have on this topic in future episodes. Hey, girlfriends. Who are we talking to this week? It's time for an interview. Okay, so this week I got the opportunity to talk with Allison Gingrass, who is funny and sweet and encouraging and talented. I just know you're going to love to hear our conversation, so take a listen. Excited to be welcoming here to Girlfriends today a friend of mine, Allison Gingrass. And Allison is host of A Seeking Heart, which is on breadboxmedia.com, live daily at 10 a.m. I've been a guest on there. It's a wonderful show. You'll want to definitely check that out. A Seeking Heart is a lively on air book club bringing together some of Allison's favorite things God, talking, and Catholic books. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of girl. She is also the founder of Reconciled to You Ministries, which shares how the Catholic faith is lived in the ordinary and extraordinary of everyday life. You can learn more about Allison, both 
the show and her ministry work at ReconciledToYou.com. Welcome to Girlfriends, Allison. I'm thrilled that you're here. Thank you, Danielle. I'm so thrilled to be here. Yeah, I had a ton of fun when I went on um, your show, A Seeking Heart, and we just had such a great conversation. I remember the time just flew by. And so when I was trying to think of guests for here, I thought, Allison is the perfect person. So oh, I'm, I'm so honored. Thrilled Real, that really. you're here. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so, but now you're going to be kind of um, a little bit switched around because usually you're the one asking the questions. <laughs> That's good. That's good. It's way easier on the other end. So, but I'm ready for you, Danielle. You're so gracious to come on for me. I I can do that. <laughs> I know you got this. Um. So, as I told you, and as our our listeners know, we we ask women the same questions here in our interview segment because I love seeing the variety of answers that we get from women. I really think it highlights the ways in which we're the same and the ways in which we're different, which is a beautiful thing for us to be reminded of as women. So to get us started, we're going to start with the first question. Can you tell us about a time, a success in your life, a time you really felt like you triumphed, whether it was in your personal life or your professional life? When did you first ever feel a sense of achievement or accomplishment? The first thing that came to mind was back in, gosh, I want to say like 2000, like seven or eight ish. Mm -hmm. um, I was trying to become an adjunct professor for Leslie University. Wow. Got my master's. I was working really hard at it. And I was told you get one chance. They will call you once and offer you a position. And if you can't take the weekend or the, the, the time that they give you, don't expect to be asked again. Wow. So I was prepared for this. And in the meantime, I started to really fall in love with scripture, and I had fallen in love with this book, The Purpose Driven Life, which was just oh, yes, new at that with time. It. Yeah, great book. Yeah, Rick Warren's wonderful book. And so I had put it on my heart to do a women's kind of Bible study book club at my church with this book. I got the date all set. I got my pastor's permission. I was ready to roll, and I got that call. And I just went to my knees in prayer, like, Lord, I don't know which one you want me to take. Like, they're both two really goods. And uh, at that time, I thought, I want to be a professor. This is what I'm called to. Mm -hmm. And in the end, I knew I was supposed to do, I called it the purpose-driven summer. And wow. I had I had no heart for ministry yet. I didn't really know what I was being called to. And I just, I made the really hard decision and turned down the adjunct position and took and did this purpose-driven summer. Wow. Wow. And yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a great story. I mean, I, I love that you felt conflicted in that way because, you know, that really speaks to a situation a lot of us find ourselves in as we're juggling responsibilities. There are so many good things to do. Yeah. How yeah. do you figure out which one? And <clears throat> your example of just turning to prayer and figuring it out that way, that's a beautiful story. Thanks for sharing that, Allison. Yes. And I, I felt instant validation when I hung up. I knew like, you know, your heart just, the whole body just relaxes. And you're like, yes, that was the right choice. And then when I met the women and now to see what God's done with my yes, like mm -hmm. I, but at the time you just, you don't know, no. you got to really trust, trust the Lord, right? Yes. And, and I love that it, that was your start in, in ministry where you, mm. that was um, God very first kind of speaking those whispers to you and look what you've done. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> God. Yeah, thanks. Beautiful. All right. Now for the tougher stuff. Can you tell us about a mistake you once made again, either professionally <gasps> or personally? And what did you learn from that mistake? <laughs> Okay, the first time I read that question, you know what went through my head what? was Frank Sinatra's song. Okay. Mistakes, I've made a few, and how does that song go? Because I did it my way. 
<laughs> Good lesson in those words. I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah, that song just has a whole new meaning when you put it towards eyes towards Christ. Right. Um, I really think the biggest mistakes I've ever made uh, have been my financial mistakes. I got married when I was 21 years old. Yeah. My husband was 23. I was a junior in college. And a lot of my mistakes have, have been made my financial mistakes have been made really towards a good. Like I wanted to stay home with my children. So I lived on credit cards because that would be my income. <laughs> and, you know, it it didn't seem like it would be following me 30 years later, but it's still here. Right. I don't know if I would have made the different decision to stay home. That would definitely still have happened. Mm-hmm. I think I would have just lived within the means that the Lord had given me instead of trying to provide everything sure. that I could for the kids. Yeah, yeah, that's a great lesson. And mm-hmm. I know I got married young too. And I, I think those are the, some of the lessons that you learn the hard way sometimes. <laughs> if you're not naturally <laughs> financially savvy, and mm-hmm. I, I feel like having learned some lessons by making bad financial decisions myself early on in life that I, I'm now better prepared to help my kids as they're, yes. they're getting older. Um, and you know, some of them are, are, you know, taking on debt and they're as they're going to school. But at the same time, I'm able to kind of counsel them through that in a way that I don't know. I didn't, maybe it's different for you, Allison, but in my parents' generation, I felt like they weren't, they didn't prepare me for that. And not through any fault of their own. I think it just wasn't a thing. Like people, you know, didn't really think about college debt in the same way because it didn't used to be so crazy. And, um, you know, and then people getting married and kind of being dependent upon two incomes was kind of becoming the cultural norm. And that wasn't true in my parents' day either. So there's, there's a lot there. There's a lot there that I think our generation has learned. And I think there's a lot more privacy. You never talked about religion. You never talked about politics. And you certainly never talked about your money, especially with your children. Right. So I think that, and again, by no fault of their own, I think it was just the generation and how they thought and to teach us about it just never even crossed their minds. They're like, oh, you'll just pick it up by watching us. Mm -hmm. But I was given everything I ever needed, so I never thought, well, it's because your dad worked two jobs and, you know, your mother worked. And like, yeah. <laughs> like think about where it was coming from and that we went without other places. I just said, well, if you want it, you buy it. <laughs> that didn't really. It didn't work out. That sounds like financial genius to me. I I'd love for that to be a financial motto I could live by. <laughs> At 21, it made a lot of sense. Oh, it felt real good, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I really took away from me, action without prayer equals disaster. That was my bottom line lo- lesson learned in all of that. Mistake. I hear you. Amen. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. But And you know, one other thing it made me think of was the fact that I'm like, when I was going to college, the, the credit card companies were really hard selling to college students. And I know they still are, but they were all over campus just, you know, handing out credit cards like candy to kids who had no idea how to use them prudently, probably shouldn't have even owned one, you know? (laughs) And so now I know as my kids are going to college, I'm very aware of that and talk with them about that. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, you use the cash in your account and when that's gone, that's it. (laughs) So yeah, definitely. (laughs) Well, see, and that's what comes out of these mistakes. If, If we can learn from them and we can help our kids to perhaps avoid some of the same ones, then they'll make their own brand new ones. <laughs> no need to repeat, right? Right, that, that Romans eight twenty eight, right? God promises to bring good from all. So there's I'm hoping that my kids don't make these same mistakes. Absolutely. Great reminder. <laughs> okay, moving on. What is the best advice you've ever received? Who gave it to you and how do you try to implement it in your life, Allison? 
the best advice I got was from uh, my friend's, my best friend's mother. Her name was Mrs. Perfetti. I call her my seed planter. This is the first person I ever saw really living out their faith. Like at nine o'clock at night, no matter what we were doing, she'd excuse herself. She'd go and spend time in prayer. And I, she's always joyful. And I was like, okay, I want whatever this woman has because I'd never experienced that before. So right before I got married, uh, she said to me, don't ever go to bed angry, which I later learned was actually scriptural, and it's don't let the sun go down on your anger. And she was talking about my spouse, but I've really brought that learning that it was scriptural further into my life. And while I might not reconcile with the person I'm angry with, I always bring whatever that situation is to prayer and at least let God's grace upon it and bring some peace in it so that I don't go to bed because that stuff can really fester. It's just not healthy. So that was really the best advice I've ever received. I love that. And yeah, you're right. It is based in scripture. So (laughs) you can't go wrong. (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) Who knew God would be right about everything? I know, like all that, like you can't, God won't give you more than you can handle. Who knew that was 1 Corinthians 10, 13? You'll never be tested beyond your strength. Who knew this is all God's great advice? Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Okay, well, I really love that. And um, okay, so looking next here, why don't you tell us something, Allison, that um, people might be surprised to find out about you. You share a lot of your life and your ministry online, but what's something we might not know? I don't think I've ever told anybody that I'm a majorette. That I'm a baton twirler. No have been since way. I was yes, I am. <laughs> since I was seven years old. I still have my baton. I Do you still have like the outfit and the boots and everything? I, I have to say I'm outfitless. <laughs> I would kill for that outfit. <laughs> those little white boots with the yeah, pom-pom those are the attached. best. <laughs> the ones we made out of yarn. I loved those. Oh my god. Yep, I was Pat's high steppers for most of my childhood. I was a majorette in high school. And I still twirl, but not where anyone can see me. Oh, come on. (laughs) You got to break that out like before a high school basketball game or something. (laughs) Embarrass your kids. (laughs) I do not miss parades. You know how cold metal gets in the middle of a New England winter? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I do. I do. I'm in the middle of the frozen tundra. So, yes, I know. So, oh, gosh, that is hilarious. Well, now I'm going to – we're friends on Facebook, so um, I'm looking (laughs) – I I want some pictures, um, maybe a video, I think. (laughs) I I love this hidden talent of Allison Gingras. Who knew? (laughs) That is awesome. Well, cool. See? See the things you find out on Girlfriends? The stuff you're not going to hear anywhere else. So. Great. I had to give you a special scoop, Danielle. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Next up, if you could go back in time and have a conversation with yourself 15 years ago. Oh, my gosh. I would, like, grab myself around the neck. But, okay. What would you say? Okay, I would first of all tell my 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 fifteen year old self. Well, from now, so my thirty something year old self, uh, menopause is going to be really hard because no one talks about this. And if you take care of yourself now, it might be not so bad when it actually catches up with you in fifteen years. I would definitely tell myself to take better care of my body. Mm-hmm. So you mean like just, just eating healthier and like yeah, exercise? exercise. And- yeah, I would take exercise more seriously. I would definitely have paid attention to what I ate, um, drink more water, drink mm-hmm. less caffeine. Yeah, I would just because it's menopause is really hard and nobody tells you this. And 
Yeah. Again, I, if I think if I had just taken care of myself, you know, it would have been the transition may <laughs> have been a little, I don't know, it probably still would be really hard. But <laughs> I think it's hard no matter what. But I think you're right that kind of you need that little preview maybe to kind of take it seriously. Um, and I think it's just it's one of nature's biggest jokes in the world. The fact <laughs> that we we begin this perimenopausal crazy right around the time we have teenagers who are suffering yeah. hormone issues of their own. I mean, what a mix. What is going on? Like, good plan, God. What? Yeah. I don't I don't understand. <laughs> That's such a great point. And I didn't know it was going to happen so early. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, telling the doctor, well, I'm 45. This, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm like, no, no, no. That happens to like 65. Yeah. No. Well, that whole, that perimenopausal thing can like apply to like 20 years of your life. Seriously. Yeah. Like that covers a lot of ground. <laughs> so it doesn't mean you're an old lady yet. <laughs> it just means oh, you're going to suffer. <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So that is so funny. And, you know, I like that you were talking about taking care of yourself because I think that that is a really important thing that we all kind of know and understand. But why is it so hard to do? Like, you know, I was just talking to my girlfriend the other day, one of my friends that I walk with, and she's like, you know, I feel great once I get out here and get moving and get myself off the couch. And she's like, how come I can't make myself do it more often? Because it feels great. But it's just getting over that hump, getting yourself to do it, I think. It, and I think as moms, we always put ourselves last, mm-hmm. you know, like that, those, you know, getting myself ready for my walk and, oh, the dishes got to get done first or, right. you know, do to help so-and-so with their homework yet or, you know, there's always something that takes precedence over us. But I think that we can't really minister to our children and to our families unless we're healthy and strong. So right. I try to put myself a little bit once in a while ahead of everybody else's life. Yeah, and it's important. Like, and, yeah. and, uh, an important part of taking care of your family is taking care of yourself physically because it's a physical, demanding job that uh, we moms do. And you got to understand that you need to be in good health <laughs> to do it. I know just the minute I'm ever under the weather that I really feel it and my family feels it. And I'm <sighs> frustrated beyond all belief because I'm not able to do the things I want to be doing. And they're frustrated because all the <laughs> stuff's not getting done. But at the same time, that's an important reminder to us that this is a physical job. And that means taking care of yourself. And sometimes that means putting other things aside because that does take a time and energy commitment on your part. So great great advice you would give to yourself. And now we can share it with one another. It's never too late. That's that's very true. Very true. All right. Well, we've got just enough time to fit in your lightning round, Allison. We've got 60 seconds of some fast, fun questions where we're going to find out a little bit more about our friend, Allison Gingrass. Are you ready for your lightning round on Girlfriends, Allison? As ready as I'll ever be, Daniel. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Allison, what was the last book you read and was it thumbs up or thumbs down? It was uh, Your Faith Has Made You Well by Barbara Hosback, and it was two thumbs up. Nice. Okay, we'll check that one out. All right. Describe your perfect date night. Oh, there's always steak involved and <laughs> um, a walk someplace warm and um, quiet. Love it. AKA no kids. (laughs) Understood. (laughs) All right. What electronic device could you not live without? Oh, my smartphone. Absolutely. Yeah. Android Uh, device got to be with me. And what is something that most surprised you about becoming a mother? That your job never ends. Mm -hmm. Like my son's 20 and I'm still pretty much, you know, mom and him. So just never ends. Worrying never ends and Mom and never ends. Absolutely. Okay. And years from now, St. Allison Gingrass will be the patron saint of what? 
of um, reversion of people who left the faith and came back. Perfect. Love that. Great answers, Allison. You survived. You did it. Good job. (laughs) That wasn't so bad. I got to make those questions tougher. (laughs) Those are tough. (laughs) I know. They are. They are when you're trying to answer quick. That's great. Well, you did great. And it's been so awesome talking with you, Allison. I just, I really enjoy speaking with you, especially... In, on the topics that are related to our hearts as, as women and as moms. And I know that's what you do on a seeking heart and what you do through your ministry, reconciledtoyou.com. Um, before we have to go, maybe you can just um, give a shout out to some, what's a project that you're working on right now, something that you might like to share with us. The Seeking Heart Show. I mm-hmm. just really love it. I love that I get to spend every morning. I love for people to show up live and give me a call and uh, just talk about books with me and it's not a review show. We're really, it's an on-air book club. So we're just talking about all the themes around being an everyday, you know, Catholic in your everyday life. And everybody can listen online. Do you need an app to do it? How do you do it? You can listen at breadboxmedia.com. And there you can actually download the Breadbox, Breadbox Media uh, app. So you oh, can listen okay. both online and on your app. And your show is live daily at 10. 10 a.m. Eastern Time, yes. Great. All right, so definitely we're going to check that out. Thank you so much, Allison, for all that you do. You're an inspiration, and I really enjoyed talking with you. Thanks for spending some time with us here at Girlfriends. Thank you so much, Danielle, for having me. It was a blast. Awesome. God bless you. Awesome. I hope you enjoyed listening to the little bit there that Allison Gingrass had to share as much as I enjoy sharing with her and listening to her radio show and everything that she writes and shares online. Well, now it's time for our girlfriend's shout out. And this week's shout out is going to listener Beth Roach, who's a new at home mom after years of working in the dental field. She wrote to me this past week saying, After struggling to balance work schedules and childcare for many years, my husband and I finally made the decision for me to stay at home full time, at least until all of our kids are in school. It's been a tough decision financially, but our home life is really thriving because of it. There's less stress with me home, but it's been hard for me personally, adjusting to the idea of being just a mom, that's in quotation marks, and feeling like I never have time to myself. But we're figuring it out, and my husband is so supportive. I am so proud of us for doing something hard but worthwhile. Well, Beth, I really appreciate you reaching out and sharing your positive change in your life with me. And just for that, this week's shout out is for you. Here you go. Way to go. You are my hero. This shout out's for you, girlfriend. you, like Beth, have something new and positive going on in your life, even if it's a little bit challenging, if you're working through it and feeling good about what you're accomplishing in your life, some new change, some new challenge you're taking on, tell me about it because you can get a girlfriend shout out right here on the podcast. Or maybe you know someone who deserves a shout out. We've had people write in before to get shout outs for their friends who are going through something challenging or who accomplished something significant. Let me know what's going on in your world. Let me know if you have something encouraging going on in your life or if you know of somebody who's overcome a challenge or doing something positive and you're proud of her. Send me an email at danielle at daniellebean.com. Give me voicemail feedback. Get in touch on social media. Whatever you want to do, let me know what's going on in your world so I can share it with all of us here together on Girlfriends. Listen up, girlfriends. It's time for the weekly challenge. We got this. Okay, so for this week's challenge, let's give some thought to the theme that we talked about this week. 
change your thoughts, change your life, the power of positive thinking. Let's think about those three topics that I brought up under that theme. First, that thoughts have consequences and you get to control your thoughts. Second, making the switch, the positive switch to gratitude. And third, be bigger than your problems. And so my challenge to you this week is to catch yourself thinking something negative in the coming week and then intervene in one of those ways or in all of those ways. And then let me know how it works out for you. Let me know the ways in which being more conscious of your thinking and more in control of your thinking and approaching your problems from a more global perspective, being bigger than your problems. Let me know how that helps you in your life. Or let me know the ways in which you're challenged by this. So give me that feedback, Danielle at DanielleBean.com. I can't wait to hear from you. We got this. And now I just want to thank a couple of listeners by name who took the time this past week to leave me reviews on iTunes for the Girlfriends Podcast. I really appreciate when you take the time to leave those reviews because it helps me out with getting more traction for Girlfriends and iTunes uses those as a way of determining which podcast it's going to promote and put in front of more people. So it's really very helpful, especially in these early weeks of the podcast to get those reviews, those subscribe numbers and those ratings on iTunes. So thank you to Barry Missy, who says, my dear friend told me about this podcast series, and I've been hooked after listening to the first one. And also to Squint1978, who says, Danielle's blog was a huge source of encouragement to me when I was a young mother. This podcast makes me feel like I'm reconnecting with an old friend. Well, thank you for saying that. And it just means so much to me that one of my old blog readers is listening here on Girlfriends, because I feel like this is a whole new season in uh, my sharing about motherhood. Those blog days are so precious to me and the people I made connections with way back then. Feels like a million years ago, but it was like 10. Um, Those people are so precious to me and those memories are so precious to me. And I love that we're continuing to connect in new ways. So thank you for being here. And now before we have to go, I want to thank you for being here too and for spending part of your week with me here at Girlfriends. I know we all have a lot of things going on and so many demands in the week for our time and attention, so it means so much to me that you choose to spend part of your time with me here sharing in this podcast. Thank you so much for being here. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.